Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes Yes, From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program online. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on the Facebook.com or on Twitch or on YouTube, yeah. Or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast venue of your choice. And hey, how about this? If you're listening to the podcast, maybe watch us live. And if you're watching us live, go subscribe to the podcast. It'll be, just be a fun little switch. <laughs> fun. <laughs> Pull a good little switcheroo on them. <laughs> Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the one that they call the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Fact, that's like my street cred. It really is, and it's, like honestly, we, I mean, you've probably. When did I guess I gave you that nickname publicly uh, at our meet and greet in 2019 title games, right? Yes. The first time I said it. Yeah, you said it on stage. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. That was good stuff. And then we later, a few months later, figured out talking about, you know, our how our brains work. We figured out that it was, in fact, like a, a Simpsons reference that you didn't even realize was a Simpsons reference. That's, right. That's how far deep into the weeds you are with Simpsons references. It's too far gone. <laughs> too far gone. There's no coming back now. <laughs> Today's Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. It's May Day. No, it's, it's not. May Day, I think, is like the first. Uh, 198 days till Thanksgiving, episode 1163. 1163, that's the Jamie Wright episode. I need some help, guys. Because we're now 13 away from being out of Rangers. Um, and I could keep doing it and looking for, like, oh, how many hits does the guy have? But, like, like we're yeah, not going to, like, point like I've always had this backup of, okay, no matter what, I can just do Names. the name and the alphabetical, like, listing. Mm-hmm. Richie Zisk is the last one at 1,176. So we'll make it through magazine season, but mm-hmm. then I'm out. And so I need a new naming convention. And by the way, this was not always a naming convention. The naming convention started with like when we were uh, zero, when we were in the single digits or double digits, it was uh, uniform numbers. So it'd be like number nine, Michael Young, number 10, Michael Young, Um, you know, things like that. 32, Josh Hamilton, all those things. So 
we need to find something. So Get, if you have start ideas, spitballing. it has to be something that has a lot of different numbers and also is easily accessible. We should do. Just start thinking. I don't need an answer right now. Okay. I have ideas. On today's show, guys, big guest day. A lot of guests. A lot of a lot of people other than me talking. So a good show is Thank what I'm saying. Thank goodness. Uh, here in a moment, we're going to be joined live from Canada uh, from Matt Stepp, <laughs> or Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider, uh, to talk about a piece he's got up on TexasFootball.com about uh, coaching jobs and why bigger is not always better. We'll talk to Matt Stepp coming here in in just a moment. In the back half of the show, we're continuing our series of State of the Program addresses. Uh, we're going to go down to Houston for H-Town Takeover to talk to Joseph Duarte of the Houston Record Chronicle uh, to talk about uh, what's going on with those Cougs. Going to be talking about them Cougs coming up here in the back half of the show. If you want to talk a little bit of Cougs, you can hang on with us. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hathaway, Tony Blaylock. Daniel Agnew and Ed McElroy. Welcome in, fellas. Hello. That's, a, that's an OG list right there. Welcome in, friends. Uh, please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. This is me vamping while she gets stuff on the phone. Um, become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. If you want the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the reason that we all look so tired, if you want that magazine mailed to you directly before it hits newsstands, Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. I will say that this is the only way to get the magazine uh, without going to a store. Yeah, um, going to stores is old school. You can't buy a single magazine online, um, at least not yet. And so you got if you want the magazine mailed to you, uh, so if you're in Little Rock or you're in... Um, I don't know. Let's pick another. City we had someone on the cruise ship off the coast of Singapore. If you want so. somebody to mail, if you, you want us <laughs> to mail you a magazine on a cruise ship outside Singapore, we can. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com and. Whoa. And. More Greg Powers. More Greg Powers, sure. I was going to say you get the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you help make internet shows like this possible. Oh, yeah. You keep Ashley Pickle employed. Girls gotta eat. Do ya? Hashtag Team Big Lunch. Speaking of Team Big Lunch. Let's go to the hotline. Actually, we no, don't need to do that. do better. I, 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 I did, let's do that wrong because speaking of hotline, it does feel like it's getting hot in here. Hot Take Tuesday. Hot Take Tuesday, where we invite a member of the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff to uh, to to issue their their hottest take on our website, and then come on the show and defend it in front of the people. Let's go live to Canada to bring in the uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football high school football insider. Uh, we're joined by Matt Step. Hello, Matt Step. Hello, and yes. Team Big Lunch is in the house. Yeah, oh, wow. let's go. Although you are, although you are, um, I mean, you're you're skinny boy now. All of a sudden, you've dropped a bunch of weight. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I guess I decided uh, I didn't want to be. I, I got to lose all the weight before football season, so I can gain it all back by eating uh, copious amounts of barbecue and Tex-Mex on the road. That's, so, that's big brain that's energy. That's big right brain there. stuff right there. Yeah. Big big yeah. brain stuff. Um, One step ahead of you, Tepper. One step ahead. Love it. Uh, we're here to talk a little bit about the piece you've got up on TexasFootball.com for Hot Take Tuesday. 
where you are a guy who deals a lot with high school football coaches. Probably, I would say you probably deal with high school football coaches more than almost anybody in America. Um, More than most, for sure. More More than than most. (laughs) So you talk with a lot of these guys. And I think one thing that people always get caught up on is whenever a coach takes a job at a lower classification, say that they go from a 6A job to a 5A job, or sometimes you see a guy from a 4A job to a 2A job, things like that. You make the argument on TexasFootball.com that the bigger position isn't always the better position when it comes to head coaching jobs in Texas high school football. Explain yourself, young man. Absolutely. And you look at this year's coaching changes list, I mean, it is littered with guys who on their own accord have taken jobs at smaller schools and and for a variety of reasons. Um, I, in the article, I, I talked to um, uh, Eric Peavy at uh, the now the head coach at Little Cypress Mauriceville, formerly at Beaumont Westbrook, you know, and, and – talk to him about why why the move down from a, a 6a program that that's going to be really good for the next few years they've got a lot of young talent and you're going to a place in little cypress mauriceville who, who doesn't have much football tradition hasn't won a lot and is a smaller school why why the move and so you know he talked about you know the biggest thing for him was being an athletic director you know he's in a multi-school isd there in beaumont isd he really doesn't have control of his feeder pattern until the kids get to the ninth grade. And then at that point he kind of can get his quote unquote hands on the kids and kind of implement what he wants to implement. Whereas at little Cypress Mauriceville, I mean, he's down at the elementary schools, you know, they have, they have sixth grade pre-athletics now and, and things like that. He controls that, you know, thing from top to bottom. So for him, the chance to be an athletic director and have complete uh, control of the program top down what was big. And, you know, coach PB talked about being involved in the Pee Wee programs and having the Pee Wee coaches come in there and trying to, you know, start to do things a, a certain way at a very young age so that by, by the time they get to the high school level, they're already, you know, three, four steps ahead. So for him, you know, that was a, a big thing. Um, you know, talk to Brent Davis there, you know, at Gregory Portland, you know, former San Angelo head coach, um, you know, the, you know, he, he talked about, you know, the, the chance, you know, his wife is from the coastal bend and he'd always wanted to get back to the coastal bend and coached. And so for, for him, uh, that was a big reason. Uh, Joaquin Escobar, Comanche, you know, going from Carrizo Springs to Comanche, um, you know, for him, it was a chance to coach in his hometown, you know, and come back, come back home to his alma mater. And that was the same thing with uh, Craig Daly going from uh, Clear Springs to Seguin, uh, you know, that, that chance to coach at your alma mater, um, is, is always a, a big deal for, for coaches, you know, a lot of coaches. So that, that sometimes is a hard thing to turn around, even if it is going uh, to a smaller program. And then, you know, there's some cases like Chad Rogers there at Denison. You know, he goes from 5A Division II Denison uh, down to Tioga. And for him, you know, he felt like uh, the chance to get to a smaller program for him was was appealing because, you know, what he talked about was at Denison, being the athletic director at Denison, he, he would get so – tied up in different things being the athletic director at a larger school that he felt really disconnected from his football program um, because of the uh, all the irons and the fire that you have being uh, a 5a division two athletic director so uh, for him he wanted to kind of get back into the nitty-gritty and really be more involved in the day-to-day grind of the football program uh, at a smaller school versus being at denison where he were and a lot of times he was um it wasn't. He was. It wasn't an overseer. He was more of an overseer than than actually a, a doer, in a lack for lack of a better term. 
you know, one thing I think is, is interesting, and, and you and I talk a lot about coaching changes, uh, not only on our, our premium podcast, Tep and Step, but also here and, and on TexasFootball.com. And I think one thing it's always important to remember is, and I think it's, it's something we have to disconnect our brain from, is I think that we think of, I think a lot of people think of Texas high school football coaches in the same way they think of college coaches, or the same way they think of, of NFL coaches, or things like that, which is, you just want to keep climbing that ladder. Uh, no matter what, you want to keep climbing that ladder. Like for Matt Rule, uh, he had an opportunity to go from Baylor to coaching the Carolina Panthers. You'd be a f- he'd be a fool to to pass that up. I think we're wired kind of in that way. I think it's important to remember with high school football coaches, it's a little bit different in the sense that yes, there are those guys, and and you and I know these guys who they want to climb that ladder and they want to go up there. They want to get from the high school ranks to the college ranks. They want to get to the college ranks. If they have an opportunity to work on an NFL staff, they would jump at it. But there's a lot of other guys who the the quality of life is more important, the quality mm-hmm. of their family's life is more important and like for example what you were talking about with uh with uh, Brent Davis going from San Angelo Central down to Gregory Portland, you know, that's an, a, a situation with a family where you've got family down there, you want to go down there and, and spend some time there. The fact that you can go and coach at a pretty darn prestigious program down there in Gport is, is also a nice thing as well. So I think one thing we have to do is we have to untether our mind from thinking about all high school football coaches in the same way that we think of a lot of college coaches who are just trying to climb the next rung. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like, in, and, the, you know, Brent Davis and Chad Rogers also, the chance to, um, you know, bring your son onto your coaching staff. You know, both of those guys have sons who coach now, and so the chance to coach with their sons um, at their new jobs I think is, is appealing as well. Um, you know, Brent Whitson going from South Grand Prairie to Denison, where he replaced Chad Rogers, another situation where, you know, Coach Whitson is from Oklahoma. And so um, getting a little closer to family, his son is in Oklahoma, getting up to the border for him, getting cl- getting, getting a little bit closer uh, to Oklahoma was was a big deal for him. So there was a family dynamic there. And, and you know, uh, in the comments, uh, Miss Terry was taught was mentioning that, you know, sometimes, you know, what about money? Does money play a role? And absolutely money does play a role. Um, you know, we'd be lying if we didn't say money didn't play a role, plays a role in everybody's career making decisions. But remember with, with educators and teachers, um, their retirement is based on their, their highest five years of salary. So there's a lot of guys who maybe be fur- may, might be further along in their careers who may have made that, that big money for five years working at a larger school or being the athletic director at a larger school. And now they want to maybe take a step back, uh, take a step down to a smaller school and maybe make a little bit less money but their overall quality of life, their happiness, enjoying the job sometimes can be a little bit better uh, in the smaller school situation. And, and it doesn't impact their retirement because if they've already made big money a few years ago, the money they're making, their retirement's going to be based off of that versus their retirement uh, being ma- money made now. So, um, you know, I think the biggest th- thing is, is that, you know, when we see coaching changes happen, you know, it's, Sometimes it's a little eyebrow raising when we see guys go from a larger school to a smaller school, but there's a lot of variables at place, not just not just with the job itself, but also with these 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 guys' family lives and and, and you know anytime you look at a coaching change, there's always a connection somewhere, and mm-hmm. sometimes you have to try to find that connection. Maybe it's a superintendent he worked with, or or the superintendent is now was a former coach and now is a guy who's who's in, a, in an administrative role, and that coach wants to work for an administrator he's familiar with those kind of things. So. Um, a lot of variables at place in place, and so sometimes when you when you, we post these step bombs on Twitter and we see a guy take a, a a smaller job, it raises a lot of eyebrows. But there's often more than meets the eye when you look at these coaching changes um, on, on a holistic level. 
He's Matt Stepp. He's our Dave Campbell's Texas High School football insider. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Stepp up at A17. And, of course, his fine work on TexasFootball.com. Stepp, appreciate your time and appreciate the hot take. Uh, stay warm up there in, in what I only presume to be the frozen tundra of Canada. Oh, it's so frozen. It's so tundra-y right now, but that's okay because I will be in Texas in about a week and a half, and maybe uh, maybe I'll pop my head at the office at some point. Ooh, Ooh. well, we're going to see out. We're coming with you seven on seven. That's a step tease. That's right. Oh, you know, that pickle pickle's going to show me the ropes. Yeah. At yeah, the I, uh, at the at the Grapevine <laughs> Seven. All she's going to show me how it's done. I told him that we had to show the northerner the ropes. Yeah. He probably forgot. Right. You know, frozen uh, frozen brain up there. Absolutely. Bye, step. <laughs> Bye, step. See ya. There he goes, Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell, six fall high school football insider. Uh, joining us here to talk about his hot take up there on texasfootball.com, why bigger isn't always better when it comes to head coaching positions in Texas high school football. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, two magazines, including the 2021 Summer Edition at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, mailed directly to you, and the year's worth of exclusive online content at textfootballcom slash subscribe. Makes a great gift as well. We've made it very easy for you to gift it to somebody. So uh, if you're late for Mother's Day, textfootballcom slash subscribe. Pickle, we're continuing our series of looks at the 12 FBS programs in the state of Texas, our state of the program addresses, uh, bringing in some experts from all around the state to talk about it. And who better to talk about those Houston Cougars uh, than our friend at the Houston Record Chronicle. We are joined by Joseph Duarte. Joseph, how are you, my friend? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Uh, I appreciate your time uh, joining us. Uh, few people uh, know the, the Houston Cougars program uh, like you do. I think they're one of the most fascinating programs in the state right now because of what's going on uh, with, with Dana Holgerson and his his wild first two years. And so I guess speaking broadly, uh, we're doing state of the program addresses. What is the state of the program when it comes to the Houston Cougars? Well, it, there's never a dull moment. Uh, you you kind of hit that at the beginning with Dana Holgerson, but you know the state of the state of the the Cougars is you know year three they need to win, and the first two years have been a struggle for a variety of reasons. You know, when they inherited a a roster that needed some work in terms of numbers, in terms of uh, talent, and you know they spent those first two years doing that, and then of course COVID probably wrecked their schedule more than anybody in the country or probably one of the top two or three with uh, eight postponements, cancellations. Uh, so, you know, going into year three, the, the state is that uh, this is going to be a big year. The schedule sets up nicely. They should be able to contend for that eight to 10 win range, which would be huge for Dana Holgerson. You know, he's now a $4 million a year coach and, uh, they're paying big money, and now that they get into year three, this is the first year I think that they can go into it saying that they have most but not all of, of the pieces in place to uh, to be competitive. Uh, you know, Holgerson has obviously uh, uh, gone about things in a different way, and his first two years have been very up and down. I think there are, you know, a lot of places um, coaches get three years, and by year three there need to be results. 
Um, do you get the? Do you have a sense of what happens if there aren't results? Uh, of what happens if they do? Let's say have another losing season. It, 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 would would Dana Holgerson's job be on the line? I know that they've invested a lot into him, and 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 they they believe in his vision. Do you feel like uh, a, a bad twenty twenty one season could put him on the hot seat? You know, yes, and, and and when I say hot, it's just the level of it. Whether it's you know inferno hot or if it's you know lukewarm or if it's you know sizzling and i and i think right now if based on the schedule that they have it would be a huge disappointment to uh to not contend for the american this year not to to be in that you know eight to ten win range that i that i mentioned before uh you know he's he's got several things in his favor is the the amount that they've invested the the buyouts you know he is a tillman for tita higher type guy so uh, he's got that. I, I think if they struggle this year, it's not a break. You know, uh, and everything ends this year. I think he'd get one more year. So it, it's a matter of going into next year off of a really good year, and it looks like things are turning around and there's some positivity. Or if he has a bad year, that seat is going to be really warm, and it, and it should be. And then Houston will will be at a position where. You know, are they looking at another head coach yet again after, you know, uh, going from Major Applewhite and then before that, Tom Herman? Uh, you know, it just right now, it's hard to say, but but the, 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 they need to win and they need to win now. Uh, talking with Joseph Duarte, the Houston Record Chronicle here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Um, Joseph, the offensive side, you know, last year I thought that the offense, um, let's say, fits and starts. Uh, last year and it seems like the one thing they feel like they they have a good feel on is quarterback in Clayton Toon but it's kind of all the pieces around Clayton Toon that that needs to be uh needs to raise its game uh, do do is is that an accurate assessment of of what the Houston offense is is looking at going into the 2021 season Absolutely you know there there's some things obviously that they they focused on in the spring and in the offseason with Clayton Toon uh, maybe to get him more comfortable, you know, get him in that system a full year. You know, they didn't have a spring last year, and, you know, the games were so on and off. But you're absolutely right. Uh, the main thing, offensive line has gone through a, a really good makeover in recent years. They they went out, they got a, a quality center uh, from Louisiana Tech through the transfer portal, Cody Russey. Uh, you know, they, they've lost some guys, but, but they feel like now they're in a situation – were too deep there's not as but much of a drop off because i mean there were times a year and even two years ago that they were putting guys out there that were out of position uh you know they just didn't have the bodies so that was the main thing up front now there are still some some issues you know at wide receiver they've got numbers but not a lot of a lot of production or experience uh you know they lost a few through the transfer portal they you know they lose marquez stevenson to the draft so you know, and even last week, Jeremy Singleton was, you know, probably one of their best returning receivers was contemplating whether to, to transfer. So they get him back. Uh, they get a Nathaniel Dale, who was their speedster from the JUCO ranks. And then they go out and get the Texas Tech receiver, Keyshawn Carter. So, you know, they, they have three or four uh, receivers. They, they really need to get some more. You know, they picked a guy up from UCLA and another one from Minnesota. So they're really going that transfer portal experience route and then finally the backfield that that's going to be probably the most interesting uh, area because 
you know, they've got about four or five guys over there, but none of them are, are these, you know, big time break away type guys. You, you've got a mobile car who's sort of that tough yardage bruiser. And then you get a, a Tazon Henry uh, from Texas Tech who, you know, a couple of years ago, he scored four touchdowns against Houston. So they've seen what he can do. Uh, but I think the most interesting guy is not on campus yet, and that's Alton McCaskill. Mm-hmm. He was one of the top-rated running backs from from here in town near uh, in Conroe, and this kid could have gone to a number of Power Five programs. Decided to stay home, and he's the type of a burner that that they, they feel like could come in and, and play significant snaps immediately. Maybe it's because it's it's Dana Holgerson and he's a, he's a, kind of known as an offensive guru. But I feel like what the Houston defense last year did is kind of flying under people's radar. I, you know, mm-hmm. arguably their best defense since 2016. I mean, it, it really took a step forward. It feels like they have a lot of those pieces back. You know, a couple of key guys like you know Peyton Turner, et, et cetera, uh, notwithstanding. But this feels like. This could be one of the one of the better defenses in, in in the conference. Is that the feeling around campus right now? That 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 for all the hemming and hawing and and and, and ringing of hands about what the offense is going to look like, that the defense could end up being the the real star of the show. Uh, absolutely. You know, you you hit it. You know, Peyton Turner. They lose him on the D line. They also lose their their tackle machine, Grant Stewart, mm-hmm. who got Mister Irrelevant in the draft with the last pick. <laughs> Uh, but they're they're back completely in the secondary. I mean, they, I mean they bring back numbers there at linebacker. They 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 move some guys around, so they're they're really they called the linebacker in the spring the heart and soul of the defense. And then you look at the D line, and even though you lose Peyton Turner, they're finally at the 16 D line scholarship limit that they wanted at that position at that group. So that's the first time they had been playing with fewer guys at that position uh, for the last two years when they made the switch from the 3-4 to the 4-3. So those guys, uh, now, you know, they're too deep there. They feel like they can rotate eight or more and not have a significant drop-off. So, yeah, this defense, you know, the only thing that lacks and that they really need to, to, to change is, you know, they need to be disruptive up front. They need to get that pressure that hasn't been there. And then this is a program that for many years was among the, the nation's best at for, forcing turnovers, mm-hmm. and they haven't done a good job of that the last couple of years. So if they can get the pressure on the quarterbacks and they can force those turnovers, this is a defense that can really make some noise and, and cause some problems for some schools. He's Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle. Uh, of course, nobody covers them. Uh, nobody covers the Houston Cougars uh, like Joseph does there at, at the Chronicle. Follow him on Twitter at Joseph underscore Duarte. Joseph, appreciate your time, my friend. Appreciate the insights, and uh, it's good talking to you. Uh, take care, my friend. Always great to talk to you guys. Thank you. There he goes. Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle. Giving us a state of the program address for the Houston Cougars. And, and yeah, look, there, there's optimism brewing that for all the strangeness that has surrounded that Cougars program basically since Dana Holgerson arrived with All the, three years with <laughs> the with the redshirt seat situation with De'Ara King, and then last year with COVID and just getting absolutely just clobbered mm-hmm. by graduate by the um you know by uh by, by COVID and and stuff to just have a normal year. It seems like. This is where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I asked him about about Coach Holgerson's status. Because if you have a weird plan, 
And he's had a weird plan, right? He's come in and he said, we have to overhaul this roster. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to start from scratch. If you have a weird plan, that's okay. But it's got to work and it's got to start showing some results. Right. And if they start showing results this year, Mm -hmm. game on. They're right back in that mix of being one of the premier group of five programs in, in America. And I feel like so many people look at it like untapped potential because I don't think that anyone would go out there and say that we don't think that Daniel, Dana Holgerson, even though he's a little different in the way sure. that he's done it, he seems like one of those perfect, perfect different football minds. Maybe you want to compare it to a Mike Leach situation, you know, of of – there's a lot of inner workings going on mm-hmm. in the, the culture of the program. But on the field, you can only imagine that there's going to be good productivity if they can get that portion going. Yeah. It's, you um, got to get the guys on the field first. It's, 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 it's going to be very interesting. And, and I thought, you know, last year, kind of because of COVID and everything, one of the things that it robbed us of was seeing what this program really looks like. And mm-hmm. this year, I'm really excited to see what Houston looks like because it is strange and different and and abnormal (laughs) and unique. And if it works, then they've got to figure out. They got the secret sauce. Then they've got the secret sauce. And Dana Holgerson is that guy. So uh, very excited to see that. And we appreciate Joseph Duarte, the Houston Chronicle, breaking it down for us. And now let's go over to the other side of the room. Talk to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, wanted to remind everyone, we talked a lot about 7-on-7 seven seven from this past weekend yesterday, but with Step being on, he has a bunch of the upcoming 7-on-7 seven mm-hmm. seven pools and informations on the site. Our site is covered with that. Like you said, last week was kind of the chips and salsa of 7-on-7. Yes. Seven seven. This week really gets into that entree, but there's a ton of the pool information being put up as we speak. So keep an eye right on Oh, yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Queso, big, big queso girl. We're gonna figure out what we're gonna eat in college station. Yeah, I guess we should start soliciting that. Um, so we're gonna yeah. be on seven on seven, stay seven on seven. Yeah, if you know where we should eat in the Bryan College Station area, that isn't fast food hell. It's like. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. For, say what you want, and and uh, admittedly, I have not spent as much time in in BCS recently as I would like because of gestures broadly. Uh, but if you know a place that we can eat, because you know BCS unfortunately has a reputation for not having, for for having a a, a lot of chains. It's a college. It's town, it's it's, you know? it's big college town energy big in college. that regard. You um, need you need cheap fast food that people will eat right. at. <laughs> so if you've got something, the place we should eat in in College Station, let us. We know. We want that hole in the wall place, please. Them. Right, <laughs> it's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebookcom campbells Follow us on Instagram, instagramcom campbells and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle and Matt Step of Canada for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow with the glorious return of Greg Powers. The mountain, our mountain, on Texas football today. Thank you.